0: This podcast is not personal financial advice. You're listening to the Aussie Firebug Podcast, the financial independence podcast for Australians. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Aussie Firebug Podcast. Today I'm going to be summarizing my latest blog post that was published today, which is all about why we have decided to buy Bitcoin. That's right, I've officially joined the crypto cult and have allocated 1% of the portfolio to Bitcoin. Today's summary is going to go over the reasons why I decided to make this move and how Bitcoin plays a part in our financial independence strategy. Let's get into it after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our partners at ShareSite, the number one portfolio tracking tool for Aussie investors. ShareSite makes it ridiculously simple with automatic holdings updates, comprehensive tax and performance reporting wrapped up in an easy to use fully cloud-based system. My favourite thing about using ShareSite is how easy it makes tax returns. Simply generate your tax report at the end of the financial year and voila, you're done. And here's the best part, it's 100% free for users that have under 10 holdings. If you have over 10 holdings and want to sign up, make sure you use my link to get the first four months for free. Free. Head over to Aussiefirebug.com forward slash share site to receive this special offer. Even if you're signing up to the free plan, using that link will score you four months for free if you ever decide to own more than 10 holdings within 60 days. Finish tax time with a click of a button using site by signing up today. That's Aussiefirebug.com forward slash share site for your free four months. Okay guys, first of all I need to take you back a few years to really set the scene. It was 2017, the middle of 2017 and a colleague of mine asked the entire IT team that I was a part of, if we wanted to buy some Bitcoin. We'd been talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for, must have been a few months, maybe even a year, and he was pretty into it and had been explaining to us how it all worked. The conversation went something like this. Hey guys, my friend is buying some Bitcoin and if you want him to purchase some for you, then now is a good time. I can set you guys up with the wallets and everything, and then we can transfer some crypto to each other and I'll show you the transaction on the blockchain. Are you guys in now you might think i'm a sporty outgoing personality type which is definitely true but at my core i'm a massive nerd and although i had been reading about bitcoin for a few years i was still very much intrigued by the blockchain technology that powered it and i wanted to see for myself what all the hype was about so nearly everyone in the it team bought hundred dollars worth of bitcoin in september 2017 when the going price for one Bitcoin was $4,763 Australian dollars. Now, I was rather unimpressed where, that there was a $5.50 transactional fee and we were only spending $100. So that was over 5% was gobbled up just through the uh, the transactional fee, which sucked, just to buy this Bitcoin. So I only ended up, even though I started with 100 I only ended up with $94 worth of Bitcoin, which at the time, back in 2017, was just a hair under 2% of a Bitcoin. This was just a bit of fun to see how it all worked. We bought enough to muck around, but not enough to move the needle, or so I thought. The 2017 boom and bust. The next few months were crazy. We would come into the office each week, and the first point of call was to talk about the price of Bitcoin. It was skyrocketing, and 94 bucks had turned into 150 in a mere matter of weeks, and then it was 250 and then it was 450 And we all had a laugh that this was our ticket to early retirement. They didn't know about the Aussie Firebug blog at that point, and we were only a few weeks away from buying our Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and Teslas. Bitcoin peaked on the 16th of December, 2017 at $25,506 Australian dollars, and our initial investment of $94 had turned into $510 in less than three months. Now, I understand that it wasn't a lot of money because our initial investment was so low, but the return on investment was out of this world. Everything is hard to quantify if you don't have a point of reference. I understood that even though we'd only made $400-odd dollars, The rate of return over that short period of time with zero effort was likely never to be repeated again in my lifetime. And then came the crash. Our tiny slither of Bitcoin, which was valued at $510 in December 2017, plummeted back down to earth and bottomed out at $96 a year later in December 2018. This was my first taste of the Bitcoin roller coaster everyone talks about. Post, crash, and general feelings. A few of the guys in the team had actually sold their Bitcoin at around 450 to 500 bucks, which was pretty much the peak in 2017, so they were very happy. But I never had any intention of selling mine. First and foremost, I was curious about the technology. However, I had lots of reservations about the practicality of Bitcoin as a currency, and if I'm being completely honest, I really didn't think it was going to take off. I kept racking my brains on What problem was Bitcoin actually solving for me as an Australian? I understood the utility of this cryptocurrency for other countries where the government might freeze the accounts and not let the citizens withdraw their money and their funds. And there was definitely a utility for criminals to send and receive value anonymously. But I could do everything I wanted to do with Australian dollars almost just as quickly as Bitcoin and with fewer fees. I just couldn't see this thing taking off. I didn't really understand what Bitcoin was back then and what it could be and what it could represent, but I had this hunch that it might be worth holding onto moving forward and the worst case scenario was I'd lose my initial $100, which wasn't a huge deal. If I'm being honest, I was actually hoping Bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies would eventually disappear. I was receiving a fair few amount of emails from readers asking me about it. And I originally just thought it was some Ponzi scheme, no intrinsic value, hardly any utility for Australians, high transactional fees. It also seemed very complex and I couldn't be bothered learning about something that I thought was going to be a relic of the past within a few years. I never included my tiny amount of Bitcoin in my net worth updates because I didn't want any more emails. But crash after crash, Bitcoin continued to rise from the ashes to reach new heights. This new thing, just wouldn't stay dead. Down the rabbit hole. The biggest turning point for me to do a deeper dive into the world of Bitcoin was when it surged again in late 2020. I was personally getting a lot of requests to do a crypto podcast, as well as a bunch of threads popping up in the Aussie Fire discussion group on Facebook. It was around this time when I read Why I've Changed My Mind on Bitcoin by Nick from the very popular blog Of Dollars and Data. I really value Nick's commentary and that article really cemented the idea that there might be more to this Bitcoin thing than meets the eye. If Nick was writing about it, it was usually worth a look. I decided to commit to educating myself on Bitcoin so that when I eventually booked an expert on the podcast, I didn't sound like too much of a noob and I could go back and forth with them. And actually here's a quick little side story. I was actually in communication with Alex Saunders from Nugget News about coming on the podcast. He was one of the most recommended Australian authorities within the crypto space and had built up a huge following online. And everything looked legit, so I sent him a few emails. I actually think, I'm pretty sure I did a poll in the Facebook group and his name come up number one as who I should get on. Well, I went back and forth with him and we were setting up the podcast and I nearly fell off my chair a few weeks later when a mate of mine sent me an article that basically the title or it said that Alex was being taken to court for potentially millions of dollars owing to his community. I don't know the, the full details of the, the case or anything, but he was, he was in a lot of trouble or he was potentially in a lot of trouble. So I was completely shocked and like, holy cow, this crypto space was like the wild west. Another name that kept coming up was an Australian who was living in the US at the time, Vijay Boyapati. VJ wrote the very popular book called The Bullish Case for Bitcoin and was very good at articulating his ideas uh, during interviews. I reached out to him and he agreed to come on the podcast last year. And I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes for everyone out there listening. His book really changed what I thought I knew about money. The mistake I made when I first came across Bitcoin was I didn't know the history of money. You really need to understand how money came about in the first place to give you the context of why the invention of Bitcoin was a game changer. Explaining this could be an entire podcast series or it could be a few um, blog articles. But if you're interested, I'd say go read VJ's book. It's a great starting point and there's plenty of other articles online that is better than doing it through a podcast format. The history of money is more of a psychological deep dive into how humans interact and trade with each other, and it's super fascinating stuff, and it challenged some core beliefs I had previously. I started watching Michael Saylor videos on YouTube, and I really enjoyed the Decoding Bitcoin series from the Australian podcast, The Passive Income Project. Really good series. I'll put a link in the show notes to check that out too. The more I read, the more I realized how little I understood about money. I know a decent amount about how to become financially independent, but the mechanics of where money came from, how it's created, and why it works is an entire discipline. Risk versus Reward For me personally, the risk-reward proposition for a small amount of Bitcoin is quite attractive. And it's for this reason that we have now decided to allocate 1% of the portfolio to this new asset class. We currently have around about $12,000 in Bitcoin as of recording. And I'm seriously thinking about upping that to 2% in the future, but let's just start with 1% for now. This is the way I look at it. The worst case scenario is that Bitcoin becomes worthless and we lose 100% of our investment. It's only 1% of our portfolio. So whilst I don't like wasting money, it's not going to ruin us financially. The upside for this investment, however, is unlimited. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm fairly confident at this point that cryptocurrencies are going to play some sort of role in our financial lives moving forward. I don't know if Bitcoin will be the dominant player in 15 years, but it's the horse that I'm backing for now. I was very close, very, very close to spreading that 1% of our portfolio across a few different cryptos, probably the top 10 by market cap, sort of emulating a um, like an index fund, but I'm just not as educated on them and I lack the conviction. I think Bitcoin has a major, major first movers advantage with its network. But to me, the crowning jewel is the decentralized nature of the protocol. I've read that other cryptocurrencies are not decentralized and there's actually a few people at the top running the show. And from my understanding, the whole point of using blockchain technology is to be decentralized. If you wanted to create an app, a community, a new system, or whatever it is and it's not going to be decentralized, or you didn't need for it to be decentralized, in my opinion, you'd be much better off using traditional technology with a normal database. That would be a lot more efficient as the processing power required to run the blockchain can be quite high. Although, I'm not an expert in this, so please, if you're out there listening, you're cringing, and you think that I've got this part wrong, please uh, let me know, Flick me a message, or drop a comment on the blog. Why would you use blockchain technology if whatever it was that you're building didn't need to be decentralized? That would be, if you can answer that, I'd love to hear it. End goal. I've used the word investing a few times in this podcast, but I'm hesitant to call anything to do with Bitcoin an investment. And to be completely honest, I'm not even sure I know what to call it. It's not really investing, but I think it's graduated past the point of gambling, There's definitely a heavy amount of speculation, but if you want to be technical, every investment in history has some degree of speculation by definition. It's now possible to generate an income from your cryptocurrencies, which is pretty popular in the FIRE community, but this isn't something I have experience with, so I can't really comment on the practicality and all the risks associated with staking. The way I see it, We have two potential scenarios that can play out here. The first is Bitcoin succeeds and is adopted worldwide. The second is Bitcoin fails and becomes worthless. The goal obviously is for scenario one. We don't have any intention of converting our Bitcoin back to fiat currency. This technology will either work or it won't work. And if it does work, we should be able to use Bitcoin for future purchases. It's more of a store of wealth than anything, Of course, I want the value of Bitcoin to go to the moon now that we own some, but the main strategy behind this purchase is for us to be able to actually pay for future expenses using this Bitcoin. Think of it like money that buys you more the longer you hold it. It's an interesting concept given the current rate of inflation. This is different from our share portfolio, which is being built to generate passive income for us. But why? You might be asking. If I'm already living a great semi-retired life and I'm on track to reach full financial independence within the next few years, why would I bother with Bitcoin at all? And that is a fantastic question. Let me give you a few reasons. First of all, I'm interested in the technology and personally get satisfaction from participating. Second, I've concluded that the upside of Bitcoin succeeding far outweighs the downside of it failing given a small allocation within our portfolio. And lastly, and probably most importantly, buying Bitcoin is a vote for a better system. Now, points one and two are pretty self-explanatory, but let me expand on that last point a little bit more. When I was trying to think of the utility of Bitcoin back in 2017, I didn't really understand how inflation worked and how it is used by the government. Now, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to try to pretend I know all the complexities of our financial system. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that inflation is rising in Australia. Your dollars are buying less each year, even factoring in wage growth. I don't think that's a controversial statement. It's pretty, you know, everyone's feeling it. I'm pretty sure it's in the data as well. One of the main problems with the way our democracy works is that the politicians are incentivized to be short sighted. They're constantly slapping on band aids rather than actually fixing the problem. An obvious example of this is how much money has been created over the last few years. But this quick sugar hit doesn't come for free. Someone always has to pay the bill at the end of the day. And all this printing has started to come back to bite us in the ass. Inflation is a hidden tax. People hardly even know it's happening. But make no mistake about it, high inflation without wage growth means you're losing purchasing power, your hard-earned dollars are becoming less useful, and the rate at which they depreciate is out of your control. Now, this could just be me here, but I don't like the fact that short-sighted politicians are happy to fire up the money printer at the expense of fiscally responsible savers that have built up a safety net. Is it too hard for them to maybe tighten their belts a bit in bad times? Why does it seem like every solution these days is to start making it rain at the first sign of the economy slowing down? I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just pointing out that the relentless drive for continuous growth is punishing responsible savers through the debasement of our currency and rewarding speculators loading up on cheap debt. The more money that is created, the less purchasing power we all have. Bitcoin flips this narrative. The amount of Bitcoin that can be created is set in stone, or actually in code technically. It cannot be changed. Part of me wants this experiment with cryptocurrencies to succeed because I think it presents a superior financial system that can't be screwed with by corruption and greed, both of which are unfortunately innate traits of human beings. Converting my fiat currency to Bitcoin is a vote for a better system in my opinion. Conclusion. Well, there you go, guys. We're officially in the crypto game. I mean, technically we have been since 2017, but it wasn't a lot. So maybe we don't count that. I've really enjoyed learning about Bitcoin over the past few years, but it was the history of money that really caught my attention. I find it absolutely fascinating how humans created and used money in past generations. And I think the history of money is a prerequisite to fully understanding the utility of this new technology. Over the last two years, the risk and reward proposition has shifted for me personally, and I now consider a small amount of Bitcoin in a portfolio to be perfectly appropriate for any Australian looking to reach financial independence. Now, you'll be fine without it, of course, but I think we've reached the point where most people can rationalize someone having a small amount this is a lot different from years gone by when a lot of well-regarded reasonable voices would have publicly shamed anyone who even thought about investing in cryptocurrencies i must admit that i was secretly pretty judgy too when i seen people buy it back in the day but we live and learn and i can admit when i was wrong and that's it guys that is the reason why we bought bitcoin i'd love to know what you guys think are you have you bought bitcoin in the last couple of years are you thinking about buying it please leave me a comment either on the article or you can drop it in the Facebook group or send me an email. Are you starting to believe or do you still think this is a huge Ponzi scheme? That's the end of the podcast and as always, if you're liking them, want me to make more, let me know what you guys want and or what you guys like and what you guys don't like um, in a review. That helps the podcast. That is it from me today. I'll see you on the next episode. Catch ya. Thanks for listening to another episode. For all the show notes, head over to AussieFirebug.com. Never miss another episode by subscribing to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Nothing in this episode should be taken as personal financial advice. You should always do your own research when making any financial decision.